June 2nd, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will premiere. So Adan and I, we're going to look into the start of it all. 2018's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Rotten Tomatoes has it ranked at 97% by the critics and 93% by the audience. Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoilers. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a knockout sensation when it came out. I just finished watching it again. It's a kind of movie that whatever you're doing, you stop to watch. Or that you're watching more than what you're doing. But one of the times that we're watching together, you, me, and Kimberly... We were playing Skippo, and sure. for the most part, we were not playing Skippo. We were watching Into the Spider-Verse, regardless how many times we watched it before. It's one of those movies like The Matrix, uh, Rocky, The Predator, for me in that instance, uh, Star Wars, A New Hope, or Empire Strikes Back. When it's on, it, it gets your attention, and you just want to see it play through. I mean, there's a lot of aspects to it that draw your attention, uh, even the soundtrack. Like, I remember. Uh, during Christmas, you, like you were playing the the, the Christmas soundtrack from right into the Spider Verse, exactly. right? Exactly, and even though it was like maybe like what, six songs or what have you, it's still good. Yeah, for Christmas, <laughs> I know I had to yes play over and over again. And yes, you're right. The soundtrack is amazing, especially for yeah the music pertaining to uh, Prowler. Yes, like the 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 because very iconic. The, that that kind of roar sound that they mm-hmm. would do, and then they had the music that followed with it. it right. Yes, they had a good intensity draw. Now, again, it came out in 2018, written by Phil Lore and Rodney Rothman, and the directors were Bob Persichetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rod- Rodney Rothman as well. Now, did you know that there's a, an extended version of this movie? I think there was. Like, like uh, I didn't watch the extended version, though. It's like 30 minutes of extra. Now, not all of them are complete. Some of like drawings or like storyboards mm. or just you know, unfinished projects. So, uh, see, if it's not finished, I'm, I'm okay not seeing that. Yeah, but I may go and watch that. It's extra 30 minutes. And... I think that's be kind of cool in a sense how the story may differ. Of course, I mean, it's, the movie is almost as long as it is already. It's almost two hours long. You're breaking that two-hour barrier, which is yeah. a long time for an animated feature. Exactly. I know. Because usually like, with the Batman films or the DC directed to DVD, uh, it's like it used to be 70 minutes. Now it's getting longer and longer mm-hmm. and longer in that spectrum. Voices, all-star cast. You have here Shamik Moore. Jack Johnson, Haley uh, Stenfeld. John Mulaney. But you have the guy who's going to be Blade. He was Cottonmouth in the Luke series. He was Prowler. He was Harshala Ali. Brian Terry Henry, another guy. He was in the, the Joker. He was in Eternals as well. So he's another guy who's been doing DC, Marvel, DC, Marvel. Granted, I understand this, this is voice work. It's not really acting on the screen, but you know how I get about that. And that's, speaking about that, you have... Nick Cage. Fantastic. Nicholas Cage. I mean, he did a great part, but again, a guy who's been in several comic book projects. He was supposed to be Kal-El or Tim Burton's version of Superman. Well, uh, he, he had, I know he applied for it. But. No, no. He was no. He was supposed to be 
Tim Burton was supposed to do a Superman version. Really? Oh, look up online. Because I remember he like he applied for like the uh, like Kevin Smith wanted to do a Superman and he applied like and he wanted to do like Superman Returns and got the Superman suit and he did well, a, like an audition for that. Well, the thing is, what Kevin Smith? Well, no, originally Superman Returns, like they were talking to Kevin Smith, and then uh, like there's a whole interview with Kevin Smith. Sorry, we're getting off track, but there was a whole interview with Kevin Smith where he brought the story of Superman Returns. And then they start rewriting the script, and it turned out so changed that they ended up using that script for like Wild Wild West. With uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a, a whole spiral. I know it's somewhere. I saw the interview somewhere, but it, it's because the giant spider mechanic was in that in, uh, in that discussion of that rewriting of the script. He's like, hey, he's like, that's I swear that was in my thing. Also, for what became Superman Returns. Nick Cage wanted to be Superman for that release, and he. I don't had, know about that. Maybe Kal El, not Kal El, but uh, the the father, Joel. Yeah. Because the thing with Tim Burton's version, he was already there. He he tested the suit already, just like how Michael Keaton's Batman um, body armor was. Mm-hmm. He was similar. It had a little more different. It had like it had lights, I think, attached to it to make it glow in the light, what have you. No, I remember but that. Yeah, and he, he had, had the long, long hair. hair. Right. So that's that's with Tim Burton. Oh, people um, fact check us. I know this. I'm I mean, telling the audience. That. All right, but you also have here Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. You have Luna Lauren Velez, Zoe Kravitz, mm-hmm. Catwoman, but she's here as Mary Jane, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Uh, John Mulaney. Then you have uh, Kimiko Glenn, Catherine Hahn, who was also bad with names. She was in the Wanda and Vision show. She was. Um, it's gotta be uh, Agatha, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Neve Schreiber. He was Kingpin. You mm-hmm. played that character in Comic Con a couple of times. I, I Chris did. Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine as another uh, Peter Parker or the original Peter Parker of Miles Morales. Is it? You also have Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. Stan Lee doing his voice, mm-hmm. Lake Bell. Now, in my opinion, this is one of the best Spider-Man movies out there, regardless of Peter, Miles, what have you. It's one of the best ones. Yeah, I'm going out and saying that right now. Like Animated versus live action, it's up there, if not the best, let's, let's be honest, Like as far as movies go for uh, for interpretation of spider-man right it's visually stunning the soundtrack like we said is amazing the action in it is great they, they get how spider-man moves now you have that luxury to do that in animation where in live action it is hard and sometimes they use cgi to help the actors mm-hmm. perform those moves but here you can get that and you and it's done well and i've always said it before like i i need to watch this with 3D glasses because how the animation shifts from regular 2D to 3D with like the double uh, double pictures um, on top of each other. And yeah, how they do Kim, the focus in and out. Right. Kim was coming in and enjoying me to watch it and she's like, oh, this is a 3D version? I was like, no, no. This is how it is. It's just like you got to sometimes, it looks like that and I, and mm-hmm. I need to do that because yeah, you'll have the the focus that looks like if you put the glasses on, they'll 
everything will come into focus and look sharper. I mean, regardless, I, I had a great time today watching it. I had a great time. That's the first time I watched it and in the times in between. This is a home run. There are so many great moments. True. It's kind of hard to pinpoint. But for me, I have to say it's the two times that Miles and Peter B. Parker work together or meet. Oh, like the initial meeting in the, in the graveyard. It turns the into graveyard the graveyard chase. Or the train chase. True. It was on the train. But then after that, when they go to the... No, no, well, that's when they meet, right. But when they go to the... I won't, I won't say the villain's lair, but I forgot the name of the company that they have to go to. Yeah, where Octavia works. Or are you talking right. about Fisk? No, they both were there. Well, no, we, uh, I'm thinking like Fisk uh, Hotel Building. Versus the the one in the field where they stole the PC. Where, no, and the one in the field. Yeah, the okay. Field. Yeah, that was the first one I mentioned. Yeah, uh, Octavia. Uh, they, my friends call me Liz. My enemies call Doc Doc. That one. Okay, real quick. Did you know who else called her Liz? Aunt May. Showing that uh, I missed a, that, yeah. Showing that there was a relationship there, that they knew each other. Mm -hmm. Which in the comics, Aunt May has a relationship with Doc Ock. True. In the same relationship that they had there, no one knows. Well, I mean, Peter um, technically had history. You know, like uh, uh, Doc Ock was almost like a mentor to Peter at one point, right? In a no, couple right, versions, you know, yeah. yeah. Right, and then Doc Ock at one time took over the body of Peter. Yeah. Ooh, I did like that. I think they, uh, sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but this, uh, uh -huh. the talking about good stuff, when they bring in the other characters, the other Spider-Men, granted they'll go through quick flashes of their origins. Which is cool because usually when we get an origin, it's like twenty minutes. They do it like oh, I, three. Yeah, and I love that. I love that movie too. Gwen Stacy, Ghost Spider. I love the fact that they did her origin, and it was actually very close to like what the comic is because mm -hmm. that was Peter Parker. Peter Parker did become the lizard in her mm -hmm. version, and you see right. the scales. They right. they hint at that. I was like, oh yes. Yes, I like well, that. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I like about watching movies over and over again, or maybe in some time period from viewing to viewing, that you see details, obviously, that you missed the first time or first several times. True. And yeah, and I saw that, I noticed that too today as well. I saw the scale. It was like a good point to detail. Now, also, when they did the flashbacks of each character, I also noticed the time frame. When the, the blonde Peter Parker, it was 10 years since he got bit. When Peter B. Parker got bit, it was 22 years. Yeah. Miles was two days. Mm -hmm. And the other ones were like in between as well. So you heard a time frame for each one. True, true. There is a side thing with for Spider-Ham. It's a short story. It's one of those extras that you don't get if you just get the movie. You get the one with the you know, extras on it. And it shows him getting sent into Miles' world at the end of the cartoon. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it very Looney Tunish. It has that similarity. Also, like this, this universe is not New York that we know it. It's another variation, another multi Earth or a counter Earth, if you will, in, this, in the sense of tagging the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Police is NYPD. Here is PDNY. So it's like they switch it. Mm -hmm. Besides being a great Spider Man movie, it's also an 
awesome multiverse movie. True. Because you know? it, it does a great job of carrying that multiverse and the concept of immersion multiverse without actually having to travel through the multiverse, per se. They bring it Well, home. he didn't. They did. They well, traveled yeah. to him. Because I forgot that is like a multiverse movie as well. It's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Horrible pres- uh, representation of it, in my, in my belief. Mm. Far from home, not far from home, no way home, did a great version of that as well. A great explanation. True. Not so deep as they did here with this film, but mm. it did a, a, again, good version for a live action. Like here, it's a home run in the sense of it gets to the point you have these main characters or side characters because no way home is more like a fan service to the original live action films where here we don't know these characters or the majority don't know these characters true spider gwen uh, spider ham or spider man yes spider man noir even miles himself exactly yeah in the comic though it's like miles in the ultimate comics i believe yeah yeah miles and peter both got bit from the scene from Oscorp when they're when they're spiders. Correct. Which is in the movie. True, but it says that spider didn't come from his world. It came from the multiverse. Yeah, you're right. It did start to flicker. Right. So it was, it, that's showing that it's not from that world. His world, excuse me. True. Um, now, what moments did you like? Yeah, so Peter B. Parker, which I, I have to think B is for Ben Riley. That was a great moment in the uh, Science Tower that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So I, I was that was on my list initially. Also, the introduction to all the Spider-Men in one go, like when they were in succession. Mm-hmm. Hilarious to me. And then they they were giving him the run, run around, like beating him up. It doesn't sound great to say that they were beating him up, but it, it shows like they're like they're giving him the challenge. Overall, the movie is good in the sense, I'm going to say this right now, the overall concept of the risk for the movie for the kid, Miles Morales, is that he's placed in, in impossible odds. He's a normal kid faced with uh, like a reality that this is something he may not be able to do, even though he's been given great power. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But wasn't that the same for Peter originally? Originally, he yes. A, he was a. He was but a you nerd. also had a little bit of a, you know, a workup for Peter in a sense. Like his, he didn't go to save the world off of issue oh. one. You know. Okay, got you. Yes. You know, and and he didn't have like a like a potential representation role model where here he had. He's filling someone's shoes. He's in the shadow of someone. But uh, setting that aside, uh, I, I did love the dynamic between him and Prowler. Uh, and, like the fight scene at Aunt May's house was great. For me, I, it was the first time when Prowler knows that someone's there and he, fi- he finds out. Oh, he chases yeah. him? Yeah. That was intense. Absolutely. But you, see, but you see Miles, he's just reacting and able to dodge and avoid getting hit or taking any serious damage not even thinking mm-hmm. well that's like what he does throughout the majority of the movie is him just instinctively reacting to everything mm-hmm. and that's really where it goes i love the, the driving force between uh kingpin like what is his motivation just like scarlet witches yeah yeah it, yeah it actually is just like scarlet witch uh trying to regain her family and that's what he's trying right. to do i personally i thought that was great in the sense uh I'm familiar with Kingpin. He's the villain. He's the bad guy, like Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But then you draw that a line, and he's like, if, if it involves his wife, and in this case, his son, 
he will destroy the world. And, and, right. I, and I thought that was a great pull for not being the cliche villain of, hey, I just want to you know do this job so I can make money or something like that. Or just take over the world. It was, it was something very personal to him. Yeah. It, it was selfish, but yes, it wasn't like uh, real estate as like Lex Luthor and Christopher Reeve, Superman. I, I know this is weird to say for a cartoon, but I think the chemistry between Gwen Stacy and uh, Miles was very good. Because it's a cartoon, usually people don't like. I would say you know you wouldn't say chemistry, and but, but you know what? Anyways, they, they they seem to mesh very well as far as like it's PG. We have like Disney do their G cartoons movies, you know, with the fair. princess and things. So and it wasn't like they were just like making out. There was just there was some attraction there, there was some flirtation there. But they he ripped out know, her hair. He ripped out her hair. <laughs> she, she laughed at his corny joke, and she gave a wink, and that was it. And the prince and uh, Disney, they give they give kisses and all that stuff. True, true, true. He did and give the hay to uh, Kingpin. Too. He goes hey. right with the lightning. Right, he uses <laughs> uses uncle's uh, flirt technique as a weapon. Now, I do have. There's two gripes. Okay, one is. It's minute, but it's like I've seen it done so many times. But the other is the, the performance of his mother, played by Luna Lauren Velez. Mm-hmm. She felt useless. She, she felt like a side character. Well, yeah, I mean, well, she is. they all are. She, yeah, but she is. But it, like, the, the, like the relationship he had with his father, even though that is a, a main point, she was, to me, annoying. She was doing that Spanglish talk, which is... A lot of parents do, Spanish people, um, sorry, Spanish parents do. Anyway, I understand that. But it just seemed, I don't know, it seemed like she was just reading lines instead of having emotion behind it. I, I can see where it's it, it, Yeah, it, it seemed like a, like she, if she didn't exist, you'd probably right. be okay. Exactly. If, say, like his father was. Single dad. Well, single dad, like Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Was Peter's, like, single parent or guardian. Mm-hmm. I've been fine with that. It made no difference for me if that was the case. So she was, I mean. What will be interesting, though, is like in the comics, uh, eventually it it becomes that she's a single mother to Miles. Like his father, I believe, passes away. So, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'd be interested to see if like they would try to do the same thing, but flip the role or like try to keep her and whatnot. And then well, do give her the, better lines. Across the Spider-Verse, I'm not sure how that's going to be because mm-hmm. I think it's been mainly in the Spider-Verse. True. Like he's going there now instead of them coming to him. I don't know. I mean, it is a two-parter. Oh, is it? Part. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she was I – mean, I'm sorry. I just find I was like, oh, she's so annoying. I, I, I just wish she wasn't there. Okay. Um, but the other thing was they done this with – the old, old made-for-TV movie, Spider-Man, back in the day in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. I think they did with Toby as well, is that when climbing the walls, he has his sneakers on. Miles Morales has his sneakers on. How can he stick or stay in contact on a wall upside down or sideways or horizontal with sneakers on? I never, I mean, Brett, yeah, Angel is a movie. Don't worry about it. But the thing is, he has his fingers, and I know, and I, I get it, it goes through the material to 
latch on to walls, uh, that's his fingers, not his feet. Okay, so here's the funny thing. The in the comics, he does it with the sneakers too. I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. And it makes sense for uh, Miguel O'Hara. Is it Miguel O'Hara? Uh, Spider-Man 2009. Because mm-hmm. like... You're played by... Um, Oscar Isaac? Yeah, Oscar Isaac. He, yeah. He, yeah, that's his voice. Yep. And, and then Tobey Maguire. Because Tobey Maguire has those microfiber hairs on his, on his right. finger. And uh, Miguel O'Hara literally has like claws that come out from the tips of his fingers. To allow, uh, and, and his feet. So, so did um, Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Uh, get a close up on his fingers, it's like they come right out. Exactly. They're technically like like a microfiber claw hair or something like that. But Miguel right. literally but, has like these talon like claws that come out from the fingers. Okay. Because um, he used them in the comics to like claw people and like can okay. cut them. But well, yeah, saying, like, for the other characters. The, feet, the hands, I get. I, I believe. I feel like there's some kind of like a like a force or whatever they say in the comics. I because it's definitely not hairs. I I understand. I'm not saying no to this. (laughs) No, but I mean like, and 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 then also in the Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, he's like wearing like almost like Nikes on his Mm -hmm. feet, and so I was like, but how is that possible? That how can those feet grip the surface? In Toby's Spider-Man, his soles are very thin, so that makes it a little more believable. Mm-hmm. But if, if before he has the Spider-Man costume, he's wearing like Converse. Like when he's um fighting Macho Man, yeah, yeah, he's wearing like like Converse or 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 Jordans. Setting aside even the shoe thing, when they're walking or going up and down, there's moments where they're just hanging by their feet, and they'll jump and they'll still hang onto the wall, like uh, yeah. re- like when he's walking up, and he's like, "See you later, kid." And he's like going up, and then he jumps off. But you don't see him like fold over, or roll over. He jumps off, and then, and then, I'm right. like, no, that that's not how gravity works. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that had like those, those two things. Excuse me, or the, what I had gripes about the mother, and they still went with this walking with sneakers. So I was like, <laughs> I mean, and they're like thick; they're high tops. So it's like there's so much rubber there to get to that surface. So it was just me on that part. Now, I did like Aunt May here. She played the Alfred of Peter's Batman, or Spider-Man, in mm-hmm. a sense. Yes. Because she knew how to make the web sling. She knew how to access the spider cave. And also, his spider cave was well, like Batman's. Yeah. Trophies. It had a case of costumes. It had the costume from the video game. Yeah, it did. With the, with the white spider. They had the one with the, with the cape. That's from like a, of course, those are Easter eggs. They're all, mm-hmm. they're all, every costume was an Easter egg of a comic book issue or video game. Yeah, tons that, of the, Easter the, eggs in the movie. Yeah, the buggy. I remember that mm-hmm. buggy. I used, to, I used to have it in the toy version. So, uh, I, when I saw that originally, and they haven't saw it again. I was like, that took me back there. Rotten Tomatoes has it in the 90s. I totally agree. It's an A to an A plus. I would definitely give it. Well, no, I guess you can't give it a hundred because I have these two complaints. So I'll give it a ninety-nine in execution, in storytelling, in action, rewatchability. Acting. Exactly right. I am going to watch the extended version to see what they did different and what they added on because I am interested in that. I, I got to find. I know I have three D glasses somewhere. 
to find them so I can watch this in 3D because I always meant to and I keep forgetting to put them on. But what about you? Like, you, is there anything else that we skipped? I think we pretty much covered it. I agree with all, all the sentiment. I'm I'm actually with the critics this time about the 97. If anything that we miss is like your reference of how this is tied to Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> you want me to tell you right now? If you got it off the cuff, go ahead. Miles is Luke. Okay. Prowler is Vader. Yeah, he didn't know Vader was am, his relative. Well, he's like, I am your uncle, right? I am your, he's his uncle, I am the father. So he didn't know that the villain is actually his relative. Mm -hmm. And he is met with other people like him in a sense of people with the same purpose. Right? Okay. Their, their purpose is to get home, to return home, where in Star Wars, the purpose was to save the princess and to take down the empire by blowing up the Death Star. They had to blow up that goober, or they, had, they needed the goober, which was the plans. Sorry, to, blow the, the, to blow up the see? collider. There you go. So I'm getting there. I'm making it right. And then instead of using the, the, the goober, what did he use? No, he did use the goober. No, he did not. Uh, he used uh, uh, the King emperor. Pen. Yeah. He was the emperor. It was Kingpin, right? And he shot them and hit him towards, or threw him towards the the green button. And okay. And that turned it off. That blew up the Death Star or the Collider. Mm hmm Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like, what's that line that uh, Nebula says? It's like, you left out a lot of important details, but... Uh, that's just, that's the gist of it <laughs> right like i said star wars is a great blueprint mm -hmm. of great storytelling and this did the same exact thing not saying that it what they did but they did use that blueprint of how to tell a story how to get us engaged to make us feel for the characters to feel the threat sure you know in the the, the, the relationship with father and son done very well mm -hmm. you have a uh, obi-wan uh or ben kenobi with luke skywalker you know, mm -hmm. you know the, the mentor was, the father was like that yes he no uh, like uh, i was thinking about old peter oh yes sorry yes mm -hmm. you're right and letting go and where he said like he said, well he did that too soon in the sense of like use the force mm -hmm. where miles had no idea what to do yeah he was like it's a leap of faith right mm -hmm. But you have like two versions of Obi Wan, but maybe like the father was like Yoda. I mean, the yeah, I, I guess you could say the father. Peter B. Parker was definitely Obi Wan. Gwen was Princess Leia in a way that a little weird, a little way, you know, not. Really I mean, it's weird either way. It's like a multiversal Spider Man. Unless her name was uh, Petra, it would have been even weirder. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I mean, this this is definitely worth the watch, worth the own, worth the price of admission. If they gave this again right before they show them the second one be nice. across the Spider Verse, I will watch it. Mm -hmm. I will go and watch it. That'd be a great opportunity to watch it if they do it in three D. Yes, it's definitely worth the watch. It's definitely worth owning the collection. Better than Amazing Spider Man Two and Spider Man Three. It, it ties up there with the whole. Tom Holland's Spider-Man, it says, of great storytelling. Mm -hmm. Granted, that was a three-movie origin story where this is done in one. True. All right, guys. That is our marvelous review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Let us know what you thought about it. 
what's your favorite scene? Which one did you think is, ah, I could have done without? Let us know in the comments below. If you would like us to review a movie for you or a show, email us at tales2bros at gmail.com or just comment below. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. Well done. Love you, bro. Love you too.